Are you a taker or a giver? Do you even know? What is a taker? What's a giver? Why does it matter to you? On today's episode, I have guest EA Solkovitz. EA it runs Givers University, and he's going to help us answer those questions and tell us why being a giver is a better choice you can make in your life, both personally and professionally. My name is Brent, and this is the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for all things man, husband, and father. EA, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on today. Thank you. And uh, I appreciate because uh, you nailed the last name. You were like Robin Hood <laughs> splitting the arrow with an arrow. You nailed it. <laughs> so thank you. And uh, great to be uh, an honor on your show because I think, uh, uh, you know, the, the focus of men today is very important. And I've, I'm a firm believer in Viva La Difference and, uh, you know, and, and the family unit and men and the role men should have in young men's lives, I think is very important. So I think you, you've got a great podcast. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. Thank you very much. I, uh, that's very generous. We're going to roll our intro and we're going to just roll right into this, guys. So stick around. This is the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for everything man, husband, and father. Here is your host, the fallible man, Brent Dowling. Welcome back, guys. Right off the bat, I want to tell you, you need to go to giversuniversity.com to learn more about what EA is talking about and more what we're talking about on today's show, because we're going to scratch the surface, but there is so much more that you need to get into. So that's giversuniversity.com, and you can just dive in. They have all kinds of information on their website. Uh, it is so much deeper than I can even start to explain. They have even supplementation about improving your life, uh, more healthy options because your health is part of your life, right? Now, EA, I could go on and on and on about accolades and your list of your, your experiences are just incredible. The amount of things that you have experienced in your lifetime, the successes you've had in business, the people you've gotten to work with. But for our listeners today, what is important for them to know about you? Well, uh, that I'm fulfilling my vow to my business mentor. And that brought about the beginning of, and which is now Givers University, uh, and uh, it, it's right now very, very important to me to fulfill that vow I made when I was 19 years old to my business mentor. Who is EA Sokovitz? And I just blew that. Sorry. <laughs> See, I even had to clear my throat on that one. The, uh, <laughs> the, uh, I, I can share with you that uh, as founder and patriarch of Givers University, you know, going all the way back to you know, how this all began, if you will. I, my, my background was very humble. I was the son of a milkman, lived in Chicago, born and raised in the Chicago area, actually Oak Brook area. Uh, and I had a couple of really interesting events in my early life that I'd love to share with your listener audience because there's uh, lessons involved in them. Uh, but son of a milkman, my father had a distributorship for a company called Twin Oaks. And back in those days, uh, people would have milk delivered to their house and there was a box outside and everyone knew that was the milkman's box. And you know, it's funny, there was money in it and, uh, and everyone knew there was money for the milkman. No one touched the money and we came and we were the milkman. So, you know, my father was, he had a, 
you know, his own route, if you will. And uh, at the ripe old age of five years old, I'd work with my father and we'd deliver milk, put it in these boxes uh, outside houses and the couple of dollars was inside. And that was, that was my upbringing, if you will. So it was uh, uh, you know, very humble in that way. Uh, and then I took my first big step towards success. And that was, I worked my way all the way up and became a janitor. Now, I, I, I didn't mind that because business was always picking up. What? Anyway, so the uh, so it's, <laughs> so here I was at 16 years old, and this is my first interesting story I'd like to share with your listeners because if they've seen the movie, it'll make a lot of sense to them. Uh, when I was 16 years old, I was able to be bonded, insurable, so I could go in expensive places for this janitorial service I worked for. And one of the homes I cleaned every single Wednesday I was in there was for a lady. Her name was June Martino. Now, I don't know if you ever saw the movie, The Founder with Michael Keaton about McDonald's. I have. Um, okay. Uh, it, it, well, in the movie, uh, you know, Michael Keaton plays Ray Kroc. And, and right. it's certainly very Hollywoodized. There's certain events well, yeah. that happen, but it, yeah, it's totally 100% Hollywood, right? But, but Michael Keaton, as Ray Kroc, talks to this lady outside his office all the time. And he keeps saying, June, June, you know, that, that's her name. Mm-hmm. That's the lady whose house I cleaned. That lady. Uh, and so, and she had the third, tr- third most controlling stock when I met her. And you know, what was interesting was that she was very, you know, when I, and I was in there every week, you know, she had maids and butlers in this beautiful home and, and, and me cleaning, buffing the floors and things. And, and she was very cordial. She wasn't like an alien. She was never condescending. She was actually quite warm. She was an easy person to talk to, very approachable. And every time she saw me, she always went out of her way to say hi, even though I was the janitor and I had my name, you know, on my shirt and over here, name of the company, you know, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And a, a blue stripe going down the shirt, that whole thing. And, uh, but, and, and so one day I'm in her house and I could tell she was in extra good mood. So at 16 years old, this snot nosed kid, yours truly, mustered up all of his courage and went up to her and asked her a question. And I said, June, can I ask you a question? She said, sure. You know, she was an icon. Everyone knew her in the area in Oak Brook. You know, and I lived in that area too. So I saw the whole McDonald's. That's where the world headquarters was also. I saw the whole phenomenon happen during my lifetime. Mm-hmm. I said, June, could I ask you, uh, how did it happen? And she looked at me, she said, what? I said, the whole McDonald's thing. I'm not kidding. She put her arm around me, brought me in the kitchen and told me the entire story from the very beginning all the way through to the moment we were sitting in it. She even had the maids and butlers bringing in food so she could keep telling me the story while during, during lunches, et cetera. So the time came and she told me about, and I don't know if you remember in the movie, there's a time where June goes to Ray, Michael Keaton, and says, we well, don't have any money. We need more money. We're losing money like there's no tomorrow. And that prompts him to call the brothers and say, I need more percentage. I need more percentage. And they have like an argument on the phone. Um, that, that element is true. And June told me about it. She said there was a time when Ray couldn't afford to pay her. And as a direct result of that, he could not afford to pay her. And they made an agreement that he would pay her in worthless stock. Mm-hmm. And no money didn't have any money to pay her. And he would take the phone calls from the bill collector so she wouldn't get hassled. So I, as a janitor, asked her, June, why'd you do it? You know, I work Friday to Friday. I work paycheck to paycheck. I'm a janitor. Why'd you do that? She said, well, she said, really? It was because, and then she sat back and looked and she had this blank look on her face. And I realized I just asked her a question no one had ever asked her before. Why did she do it? And after about 10 seconds, which seemed like an hour, they're staring right at me, but not saying a word. 
She then spoke and the way she said it made the hair stand up on the back of my neck. She said, because I believed in Ray. And I thought my first thought right then was, man, I got to find me a Ray Kroc. I have to find it because I don't know what to do. I'm a burnt out janitor. My fun thing is getting free jukebox songs. When I clean the bowling alley at two in the morning, getting free songs on the jukebox. That's my big joy of the day. And, you know, I don't, I know I want to do it. I just don't know how. And I want to be rich and happy, not realizing I had it backwards. We're supposed to be happy first and then rich. But at back then, 16 years old, you know, I want, I want to be rich. And I pull the Rolls Royces out of the garage and sweep the garage three times to, because I'm sitting in the car worth more than I'd ever make in 10 lifetimes. Right. And uh, so here, so June literally was the first person that I saw that was in this I don't know how many zeros are in her last name kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yet she was a very ordinary person. And that caused me to put that out there that I need to find a mentor. So the first thing I share with your listeners, which I think is very important, find someone. Once you discern who they are, be careful who they are. But once you know, find someone who can take you and put you under their wing and help you and teach you with the thing, someone you can turn to in a non-judgmental way. That's going to help you through the many temporary defeats everyone and every person has in their life. And it wasn't two or three months later, I met my business mentor. When, I mean, right after that. And, and he became the father I never had, even though I had a father. And I became the son he never had, even though he had a son. We were that close. And that started right then at that moment. He offered me a job. And that started the beginning of Givers University, even though there was no name for it or anything then. I asked him, I said, can you teach me everything? I could tell he was successful. I could tell he was happy. You could just, you know, you can see happy people and you could see they're always happy. Just, it wasn't just a convenient time when things were perfect. I could tell he was, all, he was always happy. That was his mindset. Mm-hmm. I thought, man, I want that. I want that in my life. I want to figure out how do I do that? And I want to know what this guy knows something I don't know. I'm a janitor, right? So I said, will you please teach me? Teach me everything. Don't hold back. Teach me everything you can. And he didn't even hesitate, but he put a qualification on it. He's okay. I'll teach you everything, everything. I won't hold back, but there's one thing I'll ask of you. By the way, I was going to say yes, no matter what it was. It didn't matter to me what he's I'm, I'm yeah, saying. Yes. Right? Yeah. But he said, when the time is right and you'll know that time, he said, when the time is right, I want you to teach, teach it to everyone you can. And that was a vow I made at 19 years old. And that, be, that then became later on what we know as Givers University. Literally, I'm fulfilling that vow of what he taught me. It's amazing how you can have a vision, even if you don't fully understand how it's going to, you know, look in the end. You can have a vision that just drives you for years and years with such clarity. You don't know how it's going to take form at the final end. You just know you're working towards something that just moves you completely. And, and people think you're crazy because you can't really put it in words. It, it can take years to put that into words. Like, no, this is what I'm doing. Well, what's that look like? Um, I, I can't yeah, really explain right. it right now. It's right, right, kind of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. And, how you and just, what, Find and, that. And, and, and the way I met him was he, even in that, and that's a, it's another thing to uh, a learning lesson, I guess, for your listeners. 
and to be aware and discern at that same janitorial service long mm-hmm. after I, you know, not long after I put it out there, Hey, I want, you know, I need a Ray Kroc in my life. I need someone to take me under their wing, put me under their wing. Um, we got a phone call at the office at the janitorial service. Only the boss and I were there, Jerry and I, and I was late. It was after hours already. I had already punched out. And back then they had the clocks where you felt like when you punched out, you felt like punching out. Yeah. And we saw the, uh, you know, the old time clocks. Right. And uh, so I punched out and he, he said, we just got a phone call in guys opening a diamond store in Berkeley, Illinois, another suburb of Chicago. Mm-hmm. He needs to see some carpeting and he's leaving on a plane tomorrow morning back to Detroit. I need you to go show some carpeting. I said, Jerry, I don't know anything about any carpeting. He said, well, I'll give you one of these wheels. You walk this way and this way across the room and call me on the phone. I'll give you the quote. And I said, no, I've already, Jerry, I've already, I punched out already. I'm done. I'm done for the day. I'm tired. He goes, I'll tell you what, if you, he said, I have to stay here. If you'll go, he said, I'll give you your pick of any Saturday off. Now for a janitor, that's a big negotiation chip because businesses are closed. We're cleaning. We're cleaning on Saturday. So when you get your pick of Saturdays, that's like, whoa, you got to be kidding me. So I said, so I even repeated it back to him. And I said, any Saturday I'm off? <laughs> and he said, any Saturday. I said, okay. So here's the stage. Begrudgingly, I go and punch back in. Mentally, emotionally, even physically, I'm dragging to go to this appointment for no other reason than I'm getting my pick a Saturday off. Little do I know. I'm going to meet the man that will change the trajectory of my life forever. So I share with your listeners, be aware that sometimes the most significant things that will happen in your life will happen on the edge of a dime in a moment that will seem almost insignificant. Begrudgingly, I'm going to what I want. You know, and, and that's what, and that's the amazing thing about when we, when we have, like you mentioned, those visions and, we, of, of, and a dream of something we want and we go after it, we start moving in those directions automatically and our actions take us in there, even if it's begrudgingly as it was. And here I am meeting my business mentor, who, by the way, I never sold him any carpeting. Mm-hmm. We had commercial grade and he wanted something real plus for, you know, Diamond Star. And, uh, and he became my business mentor. and. And I have to say, what, what a blessing it was for so many years that we, we became so close. Like I said, he was like the father I never had, even though I had a father. And I was like his son, even though he didn't have, you know, even though he had a son. We were genuinely that father and son relationship. And he so many times helped me and protected me in ways I didn't know because of my own naivety. And I share with your listeners, if you don't have a mentor, no matter how old you are, or no matter what you've done in business, you should have some people that are good, qualified counselors around you that you can talk with, that can share, and are going to give you the right kind of feedback. And one of the things we did give with Givers University is we teach people how to discern who those people are. How do you discern that? One of those, you said you were really big on LinkedIn and you had a big network on LinkedIn. I had one of those people reach out to me and it's like, hey, we should connect. We should talk about this. I'd love to talk about what I can do to help you guys out with the fallible man. I thought, normally I just you know close that conversation, right? Don't even respond. And it was like, you know what? I'm going to take it. He's offering like just a, a 10-minute phone call. Let's just connect. He wasn't trying to sell me anything specifically in the comments. So I got on the phone with him. He's like, hey, I'm really pleased. I said, 
Well, you know, quite honestly, I, I don't know that my business is at a point where you can do a whole lot for me. I, I don't think that we're at a point where we're going to connect in that way. He's like, well, then why you take the phone call? I said, because I don't know. And right now, this conversation could be the start of a huge business partnership 20 years from now that's going to take years to grow because we connected now on this phone call. It may lead to nothing. It may lead to something. But if I don't take the opportunity, and he was like, all right. And we had a really lengthy conversation, like that five or 10 minute phone call turned into like a 45 minute conversation. And I was right. I wasn't in a place business-wise where he could help me necessarily. We had this great connection and it's like, well, you know what? Uh, keep, keep me apprised on what you're doing. Let's, let's keep this conversation going. I said, yeah, you know, 10 years from now, we may be laughing about this conversation over dinner going, wow, this is how it all started. And it's, it's learning to look at those opportunities and see opportunity in every connection, whether, you know, you went and cleaned a person's house and it changed your life. Our business, sorry, made a carpet bid, right? It changed your life forever. And I, I was a janitor at one point. I know exactly where you're coming from with like, wait, I can have any Saturday. People who have never worked janitorial don't understand. You work all the hours that everybody else wants to be off. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Guys, if you're getting something out of this, be sure and leave us a like, a review, give us a thumbs up if you're on YouTube. We're getting some great information from EA. We're going to roll to our sponsor and we'll be right back in a minute. Today's episode brought to you by TheFallibleMan.com. That's right, it's us. Head over to www.TheFallibleMan.com and check out our blog, updated twice a week with new content and links to all of our social media offerings. Tag or search us at TheFallibleMan or at FallibleMan on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and other social medias for daily content. While you're there, check out our attitude swag shirts, cups, stickers, and more. Again, that's www.thefallibleman.com. So that brings us about to really, I, and, and one of the things you mentioned, which is very important in it, and it really is what we do. And I can do it by virtue of three questions to your listeners that I'd like to ask. Okay. First, think about all the fires that you stomp out each day. Think about the times during the day when your stress level spikes or increases. Think about the conversations you have during the day when at the end of the conversation, you barely remember what you talked about, but you are positive that you have no more energy left. They just drained it all out of you. All of those three scenarios have one thing in common. There's a name attached to them. All of them have a name attached. And today in the world, in our in business, we have companies open and closing faster than ever before. Products are being antiquated overnight faster than ever before. What do we have left? Relationships. And no one is teaching one of the things we teach, which is really the most important thing we teach at Givers University. No one else is teaching what we teach. And that is, how do you discern who you should have in your life and who you should not? Now, I'm a self-improvement guy. I could tell you already said you were, right? Oh, yeah. I'm all for that. But no one's teaching us, what about the other guy? What if he's not doing it right? All right? What do I do then? 
So what we teach, simply put, we mention everyone. We love everyone. We say that emphatically. I say it over and over again. Mm -hmm. We love everyone. But we teach people how to separate the person who we love from their deeds, which we may not love. And we teach people to discern and look at the deeds and then begin to discern should I bring that person closer in my life and surround them, them closer, what we call our giver community, mm-hmm. should, you know, your own giver's community, or should I begin to discern and respectfully distance myself from them? Not nasty, not angrily or rude, respectfully distance myself because everything they're going to bring with them is going to make me collateral damage. And we say that takers bring with them the three Ds, defeatism, disruption, and destruction. And those three Ds, they bring with and they make us unwilling participants when they're in our life. So what we teach are the actual things to look for, the deeds. They're not broad, innocuous, nebulous swaths of information that someone goes, oh, that sounds really good. Uh, Now, what do I do with that? We've sifted it all the way down to these are the things you look for. These are the deeds you should be watching. Mm -hmm. So when you see them, example, if right now, you had itchy eyes and a runny nose, I could assess you probably have a cold. I'm not able to see the cold, but I know the the cold is the cause. By your symptoms, I'm able to determine that. So we teach people, these are the symptoms. These are the deeds of a person that you should, when you see them doing these things, now you may want to discern. And no one's teaching that today. No one's teaching, you know, like my flight instructor, I became a commercial pilot to fly my own planes in years past. And one of the first things my, my instructor taught me when I was a student, he said, look out the windshield. And when you see an airplane go from this size in the windshield, small, to this size in the windshield, be concerned. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why is he's coming at you and it might be at 60, the closure rate might be 600 miles an hour. The plane went from small to big in your windshield. You don't want to have that happen. You want to see the plane at a distance. And what you do is you want that plane, as it get, time goes on, you want that plane to get smaller. Otherwise, you need to deviate. We teach people how to discern. Uh, one of the things we're going to give, we want to give to your listeners, uh, that what we call the six arrows that takers shoot. Takers shoot six specific arrows at givers all the time. And givers don't even realize they're getting shot. But when they start to realize it, they look at it and go, oh, this is great. I never even, I never thought about that. It's sort of like, you know, uh, when you're getting ready to buy a green car, you never realized how many green cars were on the street before mm-hmm. because our, our attention, you know, our awareness wasn't focused on right. the green car. Now it is. So the same thing, we teach them that. And uh, in we have a, a group of courses that we teach at Givers University. And one of them in the first course, this, by the way, we're going to give free to your listeners as well too, also free. And that is the 25 do's of givers and takers. These are the actual specific deeds on a two-page checklist that someone could print off we want them to and walk around and say, I need to be watching. When I see people do this, then I should start discerning, should I bring them in closer? And they'll be, and as a giver, they bring with them the three W's, wisdom, wealth, and wellness. Or should I respectfully distance myself so that I'm not an unwilling participant in collateral damage and defeatism, disruption, and destruction? So we teach people to discern these things, to see them in advance so that they don't pull the wrong people in because they impact all parts of our life, our business, our social, our family. 
And you know, one of the best things I could share with all your listeners that they could do, if they have someone in their family that, or someone close to them that maybe is being a little takerish, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit more taker than giver kind of thing, but they, and they know it, they recognize it, but they don't know how to broach it. They don't want to, you know, because they don't want to hurt their feelings or close to them. They're, they're, they, they, they love them, right? One of the best things they could do is share a podcast called The Fallible Man. And the reason why they should share that podcast, yours, is because by virtue of third party, they can just say, you know what? I heard this great podcast. It was very thought-provoking. And uh, listen to it. Tell me, tell me what you think of it. You never know. It may start to open up their mind and they might start to begin to think, you know what? I really need to be doing more giving than taking. So we do not label people as givers and takers. We label the deeds. The actions. The actions of people as givers and takers. And no one's teaching how to discern what things do I want to see when I see them do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got to tell you, we're hitting a chord. I can tell every time I go through this explanation and, you know, and I do one to three podcasts a day right now. And I can, every time, not a hundred percent, everyone goes, oh, that's really good stuff. We, I mean, that's <laughs> something we really need today. The family units under attack, young children don't have mentors and, 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 and young boys don't have fathers they can look up to. Mm-hmm. And the fathers aren't investing the time they should with them. And these are very, very important things that we should be protecting and building and nurturing. And the mentor relationship is a great way to do that. And also upskilling, just like you said. One of of the hardest things I think people run into is, I hate to use the word toxic, but we all have people who are somewhat toxic to our life that are close people. They may be the high school friend you grew up with and y'all been friends forever. And that person never grew past high school. It may be family members that, you know, just drag you down instead of built you up. And it's usually people who have your best intention at heart. And I, I love that phrase. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah I, I have your best intentions I, at heart. Yeah. They're, they're scared for you because you're not being smart enough to go, oh, I, I, I shouldn't know. take this chance. I shouldn't. Right. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's one of the discerning that who do I need to let in? I just did an interview with Ron Worley the other day talking about the five friends that you need to have in your life to be successful in your life. It was great covering those, but it was like, yeah, but how do you pick through the people in your life and go, I love this person. They've been around forever. We've been friends forever. But they take so much out of me. They take so much away from just the energy draw. They're always destruction and drama. And so that would be a good fourth D drama. <laughs> there, we, yeah. Oh man, it's it's right up there, right? Before we go any farther, we've just covered some incredible information. I want you to define givers and takers. Just lay it bare, really clear for our audience. And then we'll keep going. Uh, Great. Uh, We've actually statistically proven that about 20% of the population are wired as givers. That means if you put them in any situation, doesn't matter what it is, Mm -hmm. business, social, family, within a short period of time, they will figure out a way and you will see them start contributing, giving, investing, helping. They're wired that way. That's what they do. By contrast, the other side of the Grand Canyon 
are the takers, which also incidentally represent about 20% of the population. And within a short period of time in any situation, they will begin crafting a way to take from it. Spiritually, mentally, morally, financially, emotionally, the list keeps going on. That's what they do. They're wired that way. Now we've got 40% there, 20% givers, 20% mm-hmm. uh, takers. The 60% in the middle, we call them fencers. And the reason why is they sit on the fence. They act like givers when they're with givers. They act like takers when they're with takers. They can be great relationships, but you need to manage them closely. So one of the things, your question, right to the heart of your question, is the discernment, the point of discernment. And it's not a thing that we can discern. Uh, All Givers University is basically based on a series of three courses that's called Give to Be Great. The first course is called The Giver's Mindset. The second is called The Giver's Lifestyle. The third is called The Giver's Lifelong Learning. And the first course, The Giver's Mindset, how a giver thinks differently than a taker. The 25 do's that are in that course are one of the things we're going to give free. Uh, when your listeners go to our website and they sign up for our e-newsletter, uh, right on any of the, all the pages, they just put in their email address and first name, they will get the six arrows, almost immediately that a taker shoot at givers and they will get a couple of days later, the 25 dues as a literally a two page checklist. So it's all of these things combined that help us make that discernment. Um, in a second course, the giver's lifestyle, we get into the habits. What are the 30 specific habits that you will see a giver do over and over and over again? These are habitual things. And what are the 30 habits of takers that you'll see them do over and over and over again. We actually, in that course, go through all 60 habits, 30 or 30. So to answer your question, it's an accumulation of these things. If you were looking at the list of 25 do's and you saw someone doing 13 of them, mm-hmm. you could begin to discern, okay, you know, that I can, they're getting heavy on this one side here. I can now discern they may be you know, more of a giver than a taker. And I may want to start now discerning and bringing them in closer. So it's not a thing. It's an accumulation of things that we watch, the symptoms that we watch. Like I said, the, the, you know, the runny nose, the itchy, the itchy eyes, all of these things, when you add them together, so many of the things, like even the gentleman you mentioned, and I, I'm sure I, I'm not familiar with this publication. I'm sure it's great. Those five people mm-hmm. that you want to have in your life, as you had mentioned, are, that's excellent. You want to be discerning. We have taken that whole concept to a whole nother level of deci- of showing you what to look for in those people and their deeds, not just have the five, but what do those five look like? You know, what are the things those five people are going to be doing that help you decide, do I want to pull them in closer or should I be respectfully, you know, and, and you made the point, which is a valid point. What about a family member, something that we love? Well, quite candidly, if, if they're not willing to make the change, even when you share with them your great podcast, which I recommend every one of your listeners should utilize this podcast and share it with people they know. They're the beneficiary because they may be stomping out less fires because of sharing your podcast. But with takers, sometimes we need to just become respectfully unavailable. We need to respectfully begin to distance ourselves because every time, as much as we love them, all the things they're going to bring in. When they bring in a fire, I have to stomp out. That's not of my doing. Mm -hmm. What happened to my productivity? It plummeted. 
because I'm not doing something productive in the meantime. They supplanted my productivity with their fire <laughs> that I had to stomp out, right? Right. And, and the same, so with those people close to us, when we see those energy drainers, we just have to be, you know, and sometimes, I mean, I've had people where I've had, I had just had to have the conversation. It's a tough conversation, but I said, I have to tell you, here's the deal. You know, here's the, and here's why, and here's the thoughts, and here's the reason I want to let you know I love you. And, and if you're, and, and if you're willing to open your mind to these thoughts, mm-hmm. I want to have you close into my life. But right now, every time you do, it costs me time, productivity, emotion, all these things that happen. And you wouldn't want me to do that to you. So, you know, we need to take a look at both ways. And when you have a checklist and you have a great podcast like yours, you know, the fallible man to share with them, that's a great learning lesson that you can share with them. It's not just a podcast. You're actually helping something that could, that could genuinely change their life because of the specifics we have sifted it and filtered it down to. EA, we, I'm, I'm getting the picture that we want to be givers. Okay. We need to become givers. And that is a better option, right? Because no one wants to be a drain on somebody else. I don't think, I think there are a lot of people who are takers who don't necessarily even realize they are. For sure. Right. And, and that's where you get into like the family members, right? They love you. They care about you. They don't realize they are just draining you, right? Are those friends you've had forever? They don't realize they're like a leech on your life. At Givers University, they can go and sign up for your free mailing and they're going to get two free gifts just for signing up that will help them. EA, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for taking time to spend with us. Guys, thank you for your time. Be better tomorrow because of what you do today, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for everything man, husband, and father. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a show. Head over to www.thefallibleman.com for more content and get your own Fallible Man gear.